Hey, Scuttlebutt listeners. Welcome back, and thank you again for joining us. I am, as always, I'm Vic. I'm here with Nancy. Hi, everyone. And we are the distinct pleasure today to be in studio with a couple of hard-charging devil dogs, former uniform wearers who are now working at NASA. So I'd like to really um, take this time to welcome Katie Maynard and Randy Harris. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This is, um, I was going to go on a uh, total soapbox before we started recording, and um, I cut myself off so I could save this radio gold for when we go live. Ooh, this is, this is going to be good. This is going to be huge. Be yeah. huge. I, I think I'm, I've I'm already forgotten. Notes. I think I've already forgotten what I was going to say. But um, this is such a fascinating aspect of such a fascinating organization. Um, it, for me, uh, on the outside looking in, NASA seems like such a secret sort of like I, I just get these images of like the 50s of like everybody's in a tie with like a short sleeve button up. Um, they're all sweating for some reason. Um, and they've got, you know, headphones on and, you know, you need a key pocket card. Pocket protectors. Total pocket the protectors. ashtrays on the ashtrays. ashtrays. Oh, yeah. Smoke, yeah. Chain smoking yep. like it's cool. And you need a key card to even go into the bathroom. Um but there's a whole world, and it's all there for anybody who's curious to look. But, I mean, there's an entire world behind the, the launching um, that is so important because you can't do the launching without – I guess it's like most facets of society, right? Like you've got sort of your – the tip of the iceberg, and then you look underneath. Mm-hmm. There's this massive thing floating around. Anyways, could you guys um, – Talk to us a little bit of, you know, who you are, what your path was like to get to the Yellow Footprints, and then, like, what brought you to this, like, amazing opportunity. Sure. So I grew up in a tiny little town in Upper Michigan called Hancock, Michigan, and I was going to school to be a civil engineer uh, to work in my father's construction company. And I had all these friends from high school. Uh, Keep in mind, tiny little town, not a huge class. But the majority that joined the military all joined the Marine Corps. Hmm. And they come home on leave, and they look like they're having so much fun. So I got this idea that they're having so much fun. I couldn't miss out on this. I want to do it, too, not knowing what they actually did every day (laughs) and seeing that little glimpse of what they were doing on leave, right? (laughs) So I got this idea, and I quit college and joined the Marine Corps. That's amazing. Yeah, (laughs) if everybody had an opportunity to be a libo risk with guys on boot leave, I think we'd have a lot more people joining the Marine Corps. Exactly. It seemed like a great idea at the time. Yeah, um, so I was born in New York City, New York, um, where we lived for quite some time. Uh, went to Catholic school, was a Catholic altar boy, you know, with everything, that, all that connotation. And my family <coughs> decided to move back to North Carolina, um, where, they, where they were actually born. And so we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. I, you know, I think I went there my last, the last year of, junior high school, which was, my God, had such an eye-opening experience. Going from New York to, from New York to <laughs> Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, went to high school there, um, joined the uh, ROTC program. It was Navy ROTC. But they had this master sergeant there that, you know, trained uh, and drill and all that type of stuff. He was a pretty, pretty good guy. Um, <clears throat> but I knew that college just, I wasn't ready for college, so um, I originally thought I was going to join the Air Force. And, you know, so you got those kids that come back to the school in their uniform. Right. And, and so um, guy came to the uh, ROTC office, and so I s- said to him, hey, I want to talk to you about joining. And, and he blew me off. <laughs> the oh, the no. Marine, uh, the Air Force? Air Force guy. But of course, the Marine was right there, wasn't he? He was. A, and as soon as I walked <laughs> out there, he, did. he swooped right in and said, yeah, I, uh, I think you make a good Marine. I, I, I didn't know. And so I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. You can go ahead and give him my name. And I think it was two days later, I was coming home, and there was this Marine Corps recruiting uh, car in the driveway. And um, so... My mom opened the door, 
And she looked at me. She gave me that look. Uh-oh. And she said, I don't know what you've done, <laughs> <laughs> but there's somebody in there that wants to talk to you. So, you know, I talked to him. He, ma- he made it sound great. And so I signed the documents. I, I got her to sign. Um, she didn't really want to, but she said she would do it for me. And uh, after that, I went to boot camp. Um, started off in the Marine Corps Reserves. Uh, I think it was like six months after after boot camp and I got back to my unit, I realized, yeah, this is, nah, I, I, I need the action all the time. I can't just go, you know, one week in a, a, a month. So I started the paperwork to augment, and, and the rest is history. Wow, wow. And so, uh, Katie, I got to ask, what, what was the reaction from your parents to you leaving college and joining the Marine Corps? Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't the greatest student during that time period, (laughs) and they were paying for it, (laughs) so I think they were happy I was going on my way, because I probably would have been repeating that first year anyway. (laughs) Um, Goes with all the people coming home on leave, we're having such a great time, so was I. (laughs) Um, No, I think there was some hesitation, but I think, you know, I was 18 I could do it on my own and I think you know parents always have a hesitation especially when you're stepping out in a way but looking back now Mm -hmm. you know had you not made those decisions then you definitely wouldn't be where you are now right right and Randy what about you you noted that your mother had some hesitation at (coughs) first how long did it take her to come around um I honestly I think last week No, she, um, after I had been in for a while and she saw the change in me, uh, the maturity, I think she finally came around to thinking it was a good idea. Okay. So, yeah, uh, the graduation's usually a big one too, right? When <coughs> your folks see you marching in yeah. uniform, mm-hmm. doing all, that, all the good stuff. Um, and then, so, Katie, what MOS did you go into? I went in open contract. So it was the height of Iraqi freedom. So I got the lovely selection the Marine Corps gave me of motor T operator. Yeah. It was great, a great choice. Yeah. That's what the Marine Corps needed at the time. So that's what I was. Um, really, the second half of my 12 years, I didn't spend any time in motor T. I found ways to not have to be in it. It's <laughs> <laughs> weird. No offense to those that are in it. Wasn't my cup of tea. Um, so I spent a lot of time either in S4 working on the logistics side or in the S3 um, on the ops side. Yeah. And yeah. planning, ops planning, a lot of ops planning. And for – and this was – yeah, I, I retired a, f- a little while back, but um, Motor T was always the opportunity, though, for O4's officers mm-hmm. to get that platoon commander time. So it's not all bad. I mean, it is sort of the, the grunt work of the logistics field, though, right? I mean, it is. Um and I mean, without having the lower knowledge of how all the pieces come together, it goes, you know, the building blocks. I s- wouldn't be here. I wouldn't understand logistics mm-hmm. to the way I do now, which is an aspect of what I do every single day is logistics based. So seeing it and being on the PFC level of a logistics operation and to all the way up um, working with an OPSO on you know, unit planning, logistics side of it, uh, you know, it's the building blocks. For sure. I mean, it's, it's easy to say like, hey, we need a resupply. (laughs) Right. Really. (laughs) Exactly. To make it happen. How many little pieces and hiccups and bumps in the road Mm -hmm. and, oh, but did you think about, you know, occur in that chain? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know going out to the field for us, like we would just schedule even hot wets in the morning (laughs) just (laughs) to practice it because it is not an easy thing to do. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, even if we're doing stuff, we got to, you know, get out to the beach. Just give those guys a grid and tell them, you know, I need coffee and, you know, some quote-unquote scrambled eggs. <laughs> and we'll just see what happens. Right. And But it's the beauty of the base of, like, for me, logistics, even in what I do now when you're looking through a crew launch timeline. It has a lot of the same elements in mm-hmm. it, you mm-hmm. know, the people, how are you getting them, your beans, bullets, and rice, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, everything sure. um, is in that timeline, and it goes back to the basics of it. And then did you spent uh, – you weren't in the fleet the whole time, though, right? 
So I was, uh, depending on what you define as the fleet, so I did Okinawa, um, and then I did S uh, 2nd Marine Division for a year. I came here to Quantico and was at um, Macaf, the air station, mm -hmm. and then I was up at 8th and I. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to get at. So how was that? <laughs> it's a fun experience. It's yeah. a fascinating duty station. I recommend it to anybody. I just got to go back there a couple days ago and take one of our astronauts and I mean, the history, you might not see the good in it while you're there. Um, well, you had a, uh, a living piece of history with you. Is that correct? I had the dog. Yes. So I Chessie. was Chessie's Chessie. handler. I had Chessie, Um which I think we should all be able to bring dogs to the office. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just phenomenal to have a dog sitting on your lap while you're typing. It's great. Yeah, like, this is my job right. to do this. Like, he just follows me around. Um, the bar I mean, the barracks, the people you meet, and I try to always tell even the Marines that I interact with now and going back, like when I was just there, take advantage of it. You meet so many people, and mm -hmm. that's where I got out of the Marine Corps from. Had I not had that stop, once again, I wouldn't be here. Right. Um, it's just a different world from the, I guess, rest of the Marine Corps, and uh, some people like it, some people don't, but I think looking back on it, um, there's a lot of good in it. Did your chesty ever get NJP'd for shitting on anything? <sighs> no. No. Okay. But my chesty liked to slobber. He was he slobbered a lot, and he was. Um, quite so your time in the fleet with he was quite he prepared was you for this job. He is the perfect. Uh, he he was quite obese. <laughs> um, we went. He's out of regs. <laughs> we went through quite a few uniforms. <laughs> wow. Um, but you know we love we yeah, love our chesty. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people were, would have loved to see him be in trouble for his weight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're just jealous. But you kept him. You kept we him out of trouble. I tried. I tried. But usually we get into it together. Oh, that's okay. So I mean, it's how so can good. you not? And then you blame it on you have the Marine Corps mascot with yeah. you. You know how much you can get away with. <laughs> I mean, he's a literal libo hound. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Randy, what about you? Where did you end up? Um. <coughs> I was a uh, legal services man. Okay. Um, it took them a while to get me to school out at Camp Pendleton, so I did a lot of admin work uh, before that, and they sent me to school and um, saw how ill-prepared I was to, <laughs> you know, um, working for the Office of the uh, Staff Judge Advocate at 2nd Marine Division. Mm -hmm. um, during the time when uh, General Gray was the... Um, uh, Second Marine Division CG, um, and my thing is that uh, the first person that I really worked for was a female Marine, <coughs> and her name was Annie Marie Gray. Mm. She was a Master Gunner Sergeant, <laughs> and it was always uh, don't get you better. I get the two of them confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but. She was she was awesome, um, and to this day, and my wife even says, "You were Andy Gray trained," which meant that you every you better do everything by the book and correctly. And so, um, you know, some of my best times under Andy Gray was um, so she'd get on you for a while. She pick something out and she just lay on you. <laughs> And the greatest times was when she found somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were all like, yes. Um, an amazing, amazing person. And she taught me a lot. I learned a lot at Camp Lejeune. Um, and I learned a lot working in the, uh, uh, for the lawyers. So That's awesome. So I want to, Vic is really into this Marine Corps thing, which, okay, I get <laughs> it, I get weird. it. That's the so point weird. of the podcast. And, and yes, I, I think that's pretty cool too, but I think Scuttlebutt listeners all already know that I'm a huge NASA nerd. So I want to hear about yeah, your- let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Tell, it, tell us our listeners about your current job, what you do, and what that means, because Vic talked about it a little bit in the mm -hmm. intro, and we talked about it before- we started recording. I think that the public is well aware of a the astronauts and what they do. But what people might not think about is that there is a huge team of people making everything happen. And the two of you are s two of those people making things happen. 
Katie, can you talk a little bit about your job now? Sure. So I'm currently the chief of protocol for NASA. So I work hand in hand with the administrator and our what we call a suite team, um, planning a lot of the administrator's travel, his trips, when we go out, people we're seeing, um, and then also on our launching front, all of our attendance at launch and some unique functions of that, working with the crews, um, particularly our military crews, to make sure that they have interactions, whether it be with senior DOD leaders um, or their branch, of, you know, branch of service leadership. Um, we just had Nicole Mann launch, so we really worked mm -hmm. hard on the Marine, Marine Corps side. Um, to make sure that in her, you know, last 24 hours on Earth, she got to check in with her Marine Corps leadership, which is a unique function of my job, and oh, wow. watching That's their timelines. Um, but like you said, it takes a whole team, so I'm still on the logistics front and a lot of strategy and planning and what makes sense, putting the puzzle pieces together of where we should go and who we should see. So you have to liaise then with all of the diff different branches. Yes. So I mean, even even uh, all the way down to like a fit rep, say for example, like do you work anything like? No, they have. So each okay. branch of service in the astronaut office does have an actual military liaison. So they work that. But on the protocol I side, see. when we're talking our general officers, um, secretary of defense level, I try to arrange, you know, a a phone call so that they can check in if mm. they can't come to see them in person um, in quarantine, which is they're in a little box and they wave right. to us through a window. Um, so it's like COVID. Right. So I try, <laughs> so I create those memories, not just for the astronaut, but for the officials that don't even know these things are even options for them. And you've got some breaking Marine Corps NASA news for us today. <gasps> breaking yes. on the podcast. So <laughs> breaking on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's finally is, official this, this morning. So, um, Prior service Marine, Joe Acaba ha was named to be the chief astronaut this morning. So it's out on Google. It's official wow. now. He uh, was a Marine reservist, paid for college, you know, through the Marine Corps, went on to be a geologist and um, worked in the Peace Corps, was a middle and high school science and math teacher and applied to be an astronaut. And now here he is. What a, I think what a journey. I think he's been an astronaut <laughs> for about 20 years-ish. Um but now he's chief of the astronaut office. So cool. So we keep good company. Yeah. There's a lot of Marines at NASA. You'd be surprised. We always find each other, too. That's mm -hmm. what I told Randy. And I'm only at NASA because of Randy. Randy was on my interview panel. Really? I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, Randy, tell us a little bit about that. And, and tell us, first of all, tell us what you do. Um, so when I first came to NASA, I worked for the uh, general counsel, who <coughs> was a Marine. General officer, uh, staff judge advocate to the Commandant, Michael Wally, um, who was also a fighter pilot <coughs> and who effectively is known as the world's greatest fighter pilot. <laughs> um, now, the, the other pilots, the other astronauts and so forth, um, they, they do give him his props, and that includes folks like Charlie Bolden and, and Bob Cabana, but that's how he's always known, world's greatest fighter pilot. World's greatest fighter pilot. World's mm. greatest fighter pilot. Um, and I moved from there to, I am now the uh, deputy chief for the enterprise um, management office for Office of Communications. And primarily what that means is I, I, I have a hand in, uh, <coughs> in the resources, whether it be monetary or personnel or whatever. So the best way to say it is all that cool stuff that you see you know, <laughs> on the Internet, you know, in NASA.gov or anything else that you see on the Internet or even the launches where you see we televise. Yeah, I place some small role in making sure that we have the money and the personnel and the people to outstanding it's a big happen. role yeah. huge. we, we yeah. have pay problems i'm on team <laughs> send a randy a note randy <laughs> need help <laughs> so it's not a small role because you know if you're not getting your paycheck it's just yeah. like being in the marine corps yeah. you're not gonna yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah. be happy yeah. like no like space is awesome but i need <laughs> but i still need, need to get paid cheese. Yeah. 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 still not doing it for free <laughs> sandwich ain't delicious without that cheddar <laughs> yeah and i don't want to take 
ch change the tone too much, but it would be remiss of me not to mention that the day that we're recording, we're one day after the 20th anniversary of the Columbia incident. Mm -hmm. And Randy, that that's when you came on board in the post-Columbia <coughs> investigation, correct? Yes. Um, so um, one of the bosses that I had previously had, a Colonel Keith Sefton, was now a special advisor um, for that Columbia accident legal team. And he said, I need you to come help put this thing together. And so I said, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and uh, he said, I, you'll be hearing from me. And uh, I think it was like a Friday afternoon when he calls me. He says, so you ready to come over? And I'm like, yeah, okay. When? <laughs> he says, Monday. And I said, wow, uh, that's yeah. Do you realize I'm working right now, right? <laughs> he said, yeah, I understand. Um, but here's the thing. I need you Monday. <laughs> so I'll see you then. I'll talk to you later. And, um, you know, we kind of went from there. It was, so if it had not been for the, the accident mishap, I, I might not have ever <coughs> gotten my shot at NASA. Hmm. And it, um, I, I was able to do some pretty cool things, you know, with the legal team and uh, preparing senior uh, NASA leadership to go before Congress and get grilled. Wow. Um, <laughs> making sure that all of the information that was coming in um, was together, doing any research that they needed to do so that they were prepared. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another and, yeah, kind of stuck around. Then 20 years goes by. And, and then yeah. just, just like that. And it's so like squatter's rights. It's just so everybody knows, desk, like, man. 20 <laughs> years in real them. life is, in NASA years, it's like 60. <laughs> <laughs> So the amount of things that we do and NASA does is just unbelievable, <coughs> even being part of it. So we always laugh. I'm like, really? That was only like on paper two years ago? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was a century <laughs> ago. You think the Marine Corps prepared you guys for that? Because it's not like oh. we have any dull moments, huh? So yeah. I, I say, and we were talking about it earlier, there are so many parallels to the Marine Corps and NASA that most people probably wouldn't ever think of. The Marine Corps completely set us up um, for being at NASA. You are one giant family, for better or worse. <laughs> we come from all walks of life, whether you're a scientist or you were a Marine. Um, you know, everybody has a different story and a different background. Um, but just the lifestyle we talk about, you know, when you go to the field, do you really know when you're coming home? Mm, probably not. Um, same thing happens at NASA when you go to work you never really know when you're <laughs> going home uh, Randy sees my travel all the time and I'm never home but you never know if a launch is gonna launch until it launches mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean there's about a million factors of why it wouldn't launch um, so that lifestyle I think I mean for us it's like oh, okay it's just <laughs> another day yeah, right yeah, we've yeah. lived through this yeah. um, you know for how many years so the parallels are just um, amazing to me when you actually sit down and look at them yeah I I definitely think that the Marine Corps trained us to be where we are and <coughs> who we are because um, <coughs> one thing that NASA looks for is leadership and the ability to move from from one direction to another right that's basic Marine. That's Marine 101. Yeah. Mm. And that's, you'd be surprised how sorely they need that at NASA. And, you know, we're just a small part of a, of a group that's within there make, trying to make things happen. But, and I think that's why the Marines at NASA, I mean, all the mm. ones that I know of have excelled. They're in higher, more prestigious positions because we get it. We get the lifestyle, the leadership doesn't matter really what you throw at us nothing phases us right like we've been Flexible, through something like before mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we just adapt and keep moving okay so that's what we're doing today cool and you, <laughs> and you, you move on with it right um, so it's seeming like you know our cadre of Marines that are there are actually in significant leadership roles and have an impact every day and you said all of you 
find each other somehow? Is there like a secret underground marine network? <laughs> no, you just <laughs> you run Smoke into signals. people yeah, and you, you can do. see them and you watch their mannerisms and you're like, you're a marine. <laughs> like, that was a giveaway. <laughs> or somebody would be like, were you a marine? And you answer yes and you're like, oh, makes uh, sense yeah. now. Like, oh, I get it. <laughs> Everything is all like, very clear to me. It all right. comes together now. <laughs> so, and Randy, you said you were on Katie's interview panel, or Katie, you said Randy. Yeah, was Randy. Yeah. Wa Randy was on my interview panel, so mm -hmm. he's one of the reasons why I'm at NASA to begin with. Well, that's pretty it cool. It was clear cut. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, all I had to do was say, yeah, you know, you want somebody who's going to do the job, not talk about the job. That's her. <laughs> well, so there's this, Vic. You mentioned it a little bit. There's this mystique about mm -hmm. NASA. Tell, especially with the sort of people, Katie, that you rub shoulders with, what are some of the pinch me moments that you've had? <laughs> there are so many of them. I mean, when we were reading the show notes, I'm like, oh, we could be here all day. Mm. <laughs> they happen all the time. And, you know, you're kind of in the moment. Sometimes you're going through, you're tired. You haven't slept in a couple of days. But sometimes you stand and take it in. Um I was texting with Joe Acaba this morning once the news was finally public. Um, I mean, we had inklings of who it was right. going to be. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I was texting with the chief astronaut this morning That's while he's watching Nicole Mann spacewalk. Right. Yeah. So like a chain of Marines right there. Right. That's um, incredible. Or I watched Charlie Bolden, our beloved Charlie B, watch um, – Bob and Doug's launch for SpaceX Demo 2, first humans on a commercial rocket. And he was in tears watching it, a height of COVID. Mm -hmm. Didn't even know if we were going to be able to have people there, but that was his program. That was his dream. Mm -hmm. And you have a Marine riding on the rocket, right? Right, right. Um, and uh, he's and an amazing guy, isn't he? Charlie is the best. And then you have, you know, just the astronaut moments or you see Buzz. Um, <laughs> And then just some of the activities. I mean, I would have never thought I'd be standing out on a launch pad touching a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> or sitting in astronaut crew quarters where you know, they're getting ready to do briefings. Sometimes I think with the Marine Corps and I think as people get out, they realize moments were much better when than they actually seemed. And even though you right. were, you know, working around the clock, um, but to take a breath and to know that you're a part of it, it's just amazing. It's so cool that you guys still have, like, that sense of wonder and excitement. Because, I mean, it seems like it would be easy to get callous by, like, oh, there's another rocket going <laughs> into space. Like, I sweet. mean, that's just you, Vic. That's so just you. No, everybody, just everybody's like, I mean, how many have you seen? I'm like, yeah, it's still pretty cool. Yeah. When, yeah. You, when you start and you, you get to know the teams, right? And we, you touched on it. It's a huge team. These are the, our family that we are with around the clock. So whether you're the astronaut that's going up and, you know, you watch them get suited up and you worked on maybe getting them, you know, their time with their military leaders or whatnot or down to the launching team, Um these are people that we talk to every day. You hear them on the phone with their families and their kids. And just like the Marine Corps, we become one big dysfunctional family. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, there's Indeed. still the infighting. There's yeah. still the personalities and the tempers. The drinking. Um, <laughs> maybe some of that. Um, but it, it's just remarkable to be part of that family. And I think when Marines get out, a lot of them miss that family element. Mm -hmm. And we definitely have that where we work. And I think that's a testament to why people, when they get to NASA, end up there for like 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. It's, it's so important to be part, to understand that you're part of something bigger. I think mm -hmm. that really appeals. That That's where you get that job yeah. satisfaction is understanding that you're, you're a part of something much bigger mm -hmm. than you are. Because it's not about you. Right. It's not about you at all. And that's, I mean, from day one... Uh, in the Marine Corps, they remind you it is not about you, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's drilled into us. But it's the, the same whole thing about boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> the like same thing at NASA. I, I, who is I? <laughs> it's the same thing, and that's, I think, part of why the Marines at NASA are so successful, because you can't go to space without a team. It's just impossible. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Randy? What are some of your pinch-me moments? <laughs> um <coughs> 
some of my pinch me moments were uh, initially with the uh, <clears throat> Columbia accident and and getting involved with that and talking to different people and um, you know um, like the people that were at Johnson who were monitoring it and right. and you know had that deep personal heartbreak and right so they would come in and we sit down with them to get them prepared because they had to go to the hill as well to mm -hmm. talk sure. mm -hmm. um, and just getting to know them and, and you know maybe consoling a little bit and telling them it's okay you know you did what you what you were supposed to do right and so yeah so <coughs> that was what was important to me other than that pinch me moments <laughs> Dealing with, <laughs> de dealing with Buzz. <laughs> Buzz, uh, I'm telling you, Buzz is a national treasure. Yes, he is. Well, and I think it speaks highly of NASA, Randy, your experience, coming on board right after such a huge, tragic event. But you're still here 20 years later, that, it w that it's such a great organization that in spite of that, you're still there and, and – really loving your job mm -hmm. I definitely love my job um, every day <coughs> every day is a holiday every meal is a feast <laughs> yeah every paycheck <laughs> is a you win the lottery it's every right. day right. every day every day <laughs> I mean I think it all comes back to the people like we were talking about earlier you find those unique people in the Marine Corps that you have shared memories with whether it be shared suffering <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or shared victory well, right I, I, but that makes you stronger and that's one of the things I, I want to touch on you think that like because I every aspect of this team and, and again like it's so easy to focus on the astronauts mm -hmm. or but every member of this team is literal you know quite literally on the razor, razor's edge of death mm -hmm. because I mean one as we've seen as you're know, talking about the the accident like it's not even a misstep. It's just the f the. It's just baked into the calculus of what it is that you do, what it is that uh, Marines do, and so it's it, it is ov obviously that shared suffering, but it's also that sort of thing that like you're playing Red Rover with <laughs> you know with the Grim Reaper, you know, like right. every day because you just never know. Like you you cannot guarantee one hundred percent that this thing is always going to go off, and then when it does, it's a blessing. And when it doesn't, it's tragic, but that's also part of what that it is that you it's guys part do. Of it, it's part yeah. of what we do. Just mm -hmm. like in the Marine Corps, when you're going in you know, somewhere overseas, do you really know how it's going to work out? Yeah. No. Every time we launch people on a rocket – you know, we hope it works. We have great data. We have everything. You know, we, you know, do all the safety checks. And from the lessons learned from our accidents, that's a big part of our history. Mm -hmm. um, but do you truly know? I mean, was there a little bit of condensation on one O-ring? Yeah. Right. Um, that's the margin of error that you're mm -hmm. dealing with. So, yeah. It, I mean, it, well, and the fact that the astronauts put, whether it's in the engineers or the techs out doing the building, or even us that we're not wasting their valuable time, right? These are their wh when we're in a launch. Those are their last minutes on Earth. Yeah, yeah. They very are aware of what could happen, and for them to give up their time for us to take them to do something, um, it's just remarkable. Yeah. And then, so what? What about for you guys? Then um, was there uh, was NASA just like? The thing that you aspired to, was there like sort of a time between when you got your DD-214 and then when you checked? Like what was that process like for you guys? <coughs> so I can't say it was something I always aspired to. I can say when I was growing up watching sure. watching the launches. Right, right. Like, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and But, you know, you <coughs> so I had that mindset too that, yeah, yeah, gotta be an astronaut, and so being an astronaut, you really should be a pilot. And uh, of course, when I went to uh, <laughs> when I went to enlist in the Marine Corps, and they give you that little test with the with the tiles, and they ask you what was the number in there, like, yeah, I failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I knew right then I I couldn't fly. Um, so it was one of those things that kind of felt 
off the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, uh, a person that I had worked with <coughs> in the in the um, SJA's office uh, became a special advisor, and he thought that I had exactly what he needed because when he interviewed me for the job, he said, "So I'm not going to." sit here and tell you, you know, you're going to be doing X, Y, and Z. What I need from you is to do the same thing that I expect from you as a Marine. That is <coughs> to go out to meet with the different uh, different folks to make yourself valuable <laughs> throughout the agency. And if I need something, then I'm going to come to you and I'm going to say, you know, go talk to so-and-so. I need something. And that was my job. And, um, so, you know, I kind of went in through the back door, but I love it. I love it. There's nothing like it. I would have never thought I would ever end up here. Um, I mean, I knew there was a space shuttle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's about my extent of my knowledge. <laughs> a little of NASA. I mean. Like a robot on Mars or something. <laughs> I had no yeah. idea of that. I mean, now we fly a helicopter on Mars. Um yeah, I mean, I knew there was a shuttle. There were such things as astronauts. Sure. Um, but never Im- would have thought about working there. One, and I think it's a, a, a trying to think how to say it, uh, uncommon that people realize they just think of the engineers, they think of the pilots. NASA has every single job that you could ever think, think of, whether it's an electrician, um, veterinarians, <laughs> food service people, yeah. like, right, like, <laughs> there's every single job available, so I don't think that thought of possibly being at NASA ever crossed my mind, because I'm not one of those people, right, um, so I got out, I um, had two protocol jobs um, within DOD, I was really tired of the same ceremonies every <laughs> single year, as <laughs> great as they are, yeah. <laughs> they're just so much fun. Um, and there was a job on USA Jobs, and I was talking to one of my mentors, and they're like, apply. What's the worst thing that could happen? You go and you come back, right? If you, if you even get the job, you go and you come back if you don't like it. And I went, and now I'm here. Nice. That's great. That's great. Well, what did along those lines of there being every kind of job available in NASA, so what advice – do the two of you have for young Marines? Because like you've both talked about and we talked about before, not everyone is going to be an astronaut. Not everyone wants to be an astronaut. Frankly, you could not pay me enough <laughs> to go into space. No, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to watch it. I'm happy to right. cheer from the ground. And yeah, it's a great it. idea until, until you, you actually like have to do it. Sit yeah. through math class is like, I'm out. Yeah, it's no, not it, as glamorous yeah. as they make it seem. Yeah. Um, I think don't sell yourself short if it's any inclination of still wanting to feel that family environment, working for something that's so much bigger than yourself. It's the right place for you. And no matter what your skill set is, don't just think, oh, really, that's NASA. No, I'm just a Marine. Uh, more often than not, the right person for the job is a Marine. And I can't imagine, like, you, and, and this is how little I know, you don't have to move to Florida to work at NASA, right? No. You can work <laughs> anywhere. We're here in Northern Virginia and D.C. We have 10 centers across the country, but, you know, the blessing of COVID was there's a lot of remote work. Um, I work remotely. I don't go to the office anymore, so if I'm not on travel, I'm at home. Our team is across the country, so nobody's ever all all in the same room. You don't have a meeting, and everybody's actually right, there. Right. So you wow, have you, you know okay. your people from Houston. You have your people down at Kennedy Space Center or our California centers. We have um, Northern California centers. We have Ohio. Um, so it's really across the country. That's yeah, cool. I and I, I agree with what Katie said. Don't sell yourself short. And I will also add that. <coughs> You've already got a skill mm-hmm. by virtue of stepping on those yellow footprints at Paris Island, San Diego, or dragging your sea bag across that long parade deck down in OCS, which I've seen happen too. That's a pr- <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. Um, yeah, that is <laughs> yeah, something that else. The sea bag drag. <laughs> yeah, drag, drag. You, you, you have the skills. You do. You have what. 
people looking for, and even if it's not with NASA, people looking for it out there in D.C., yeah. in the federal government. They need somebody who can lead. <coughs> they need somebody who can follow. <coughs> right. They need somebody who can um, make a turn and pivot on a dime. They need somebody who can take what little bit you give them and they can expound upon it and they can do what they need to do. They need you. So all you Marines out there, they need you out in the federal government. They need you. That And it's not just an officer and enlisted thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, Randy and I are sitting here both as enlisted Marines. Mm -hmm. So I know some of the stigma around it is off. Not an officer. Yeah. Neither was I. Yeah. <laughs> Neither was Randy. Did I go to college after the fact? Yes, I did go to college, use tuition assistance, use the resources that you have available to you while you're in. Um, but just because you're not an officer does not mean you can't do it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good inspiration and good information. Um, yeah, good, good stuff. It's really great. Yeah, I, I just think of um, – you know, this whole idea of, like, finding that community. Um, and it's so great that, you know, just as we look at sort of, um, you know, the one thing as you're looking at vets transitioning out is that mm-hmm. lack of community or that lack of purpose, like you were sure. mentioning, Nancy. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's led to so many other things. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, part of our mental health crisis, for, especially for veterans, is that sense of loneliness and lack of purpose when you come out. Can do you guys talk about like is working a pl- what seeming it seems to be like a juggernaut that is mm-hmm. NASA. It seems I guess from the outside looking in, it would be so easy to just to get lost sort of in the machine. But you guys have seemed to coalesce. Is that we're close? Yeah, I think but we is that because you guys are that way, mm-hmm. or is it the institution is really sort of bringing everybody in i think it's a bit of both okay i think the individuals wholeheartedly you believe in what you're doing Mm -hmm. you wouldn't uh, hands down you would not work there if you did not believe in what you're doing Mm because a lot like the marine corps you don't stay in it for especially the people that stay in it to retire um unless you had you know you loved what you were doing right um so you all have that purpose towards the mission so you love what you're doing and everybody has that same level of drive. Everybody shows up at 100 every single day because they want to do their best because everybody counts on your piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just become close when you spend that much time with anybody. You sure. become close. And then I think with COVID, too, when we went to remote work, um, you know, you're inviting people into your home. Yeah. They see your kids on, t- you know, your cameras yeah. and yeah. whatnot. Everybody sees your family. But you spend so much time, they see you on the phone with your kids. Um, and all those aspects, uh, like my supervisor last night, I was sending her a video of my son's first wrestling match. Oh, like nice. you have those elements, mm-hmm. you know, just like that were in the Marine Corps where, you you know, you're sitting around shooting the shit with your, your Yeah, unit. yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, you know – their family right you know their yeah. family um, their kids play with your kids sort of thing right yeah. like we're all in this together just like everybody you know the marine corps was an entire family within your family right like everybody's part of it and i think that's what you get at nasa as well is it is a family endeavor that's so cool and the people that stick with for the for the people that stick with it i think the people there are some people that leave that you know don't like it um but for the people that stay, I think that's one of the major reasons. Like, we all laugh about the NASA kids when the NASA kids grow up and <laughs> when they graduate. Yeah. The NASA babies. Oh, wow. And first wrestling match. How? I mean, I remember my son's first wrestling match. How was that for you watching? I was good. He um, is quite athletic and a pretty good soccer player. So he wanted to do this in his spare time because he's only playing soccer four days a week right now. So I will say the more aggressive side of me came out when I was watching my son <laughs> on the mat. Like, like, come on, hit him! Well, I was told I wasn't allowed to cheer because I'm an embarrassment. Oh. So <laughs> I tried to behave, and he was like, "It's even worse than soccer because you really don't know the rules." <laughs> <laughs> what about um, so for people who are transitioning that are interested in it? Is there like a 
does the NASA website have a current job openings? You mentioned USA Jobs is sort of how you found it. Mm-hmm. Use mm-hmm. networking, word of mouth, um, I guess all of the above. Like, I think everything is on USA Jobs. Everything that's posted um, that we have currently open is on USA Jobs. But uh, I mean, and we put all of our information on NASA.gov. If you have a certain field that you're particularly interested in, you'll see people's names. I recommend look them up on LinkedIn. You'll find them, send them a message. I think that's one of the greatest things about NASA is we enjoy sharing it with other people. <laughs> <laughs> so I think any person that you pick, if you look them up, uh, they would be more than happy to help and get you in the right oh, direction. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. um, I, I will also say that... Um, for you Marines who are about to hit that plateau of either retiring or, you know, you just, you've had enough, um, I will tell you to take a hard look at your resumes. Um, I know I know, transition assistance will help you try to mm-hmm. do convert that lingo, um, and you really need to focus on it because, you know, I've seen resumes where, you know, people revert back to, something that's military specific and that's kind of what takes them out of the you know out of the loop for it so you have to you you have to craft your resume where it can be understood by you know those non marine corps (laughs) folks out there and and Yeah. yeah just saying just saying that take a hard look spend some time spend some time on your resumes and it, it'll really help you out. Yeah, because I can't imagine that, uh, I mean, for NASA, it's <laughs> probably a lot of flow going into there from resumes. So, yeah, no, that's yeah, really most good. Of them. I mean, the job postings, I will, they get a lot of response. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I think your resume, highlight the leadership, highlight mm-hmm. what makes us us because, um, I mean, it's been proven. If I know if I can do it, anybody can do it. So <laughs> trust me that anybody can do this. But it is, you know, sometimes luck of the draw. Um, but right find, place, right time. Find a mentor. Go on LinkedIn. Yeah, search, LinkedIn, that's a good one. Search, mm-hmm. uh, you know, f- um, find somebody that worked at NASA that is a Marine, maybe in that field or has that background. And I have never met a person that I work with at NASA, really in the Marine Corps, that's not willing to lend a hand to help somebody out else we've all been through the transition process we all know it's not easy it's not <laughs> fun right um and i think most of us all have the opinion of if we could make it a little bit easier for somebody else we would we would fantastic well one of the things we as we kind of wrap it up the way we we like to close our show is tell us what your best day in the marine corps was <laughs> who wants to go first Oh. Randy, She's you're elected. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. So um, that's it's kind of a toss up between the day I graduated from Paris Island because honestly, I, I didn't know I didn't know I had it in me. It's it's one of those things where you know you go there and you 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 full of fire and, and vinegar and and yeah your drill instructors kind of. <coughs> You know, knock that out of you, and they, you know, so everybody. There are times, and don't, don't believe them if they tell you that when they were in boot camp, that they never thought about. Oh my God, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> there are times when you aren't sure that that was the right career choice, or that you're gonna make it. What and the hell did I just do? What, <laughs> <laughs> what did I just Why do? Why <laughs> did I choose this? But, yeah, that's, so that was a, an important day for me, and um, and I, I guess it's 1 and 1A. Um, 1A would be when I graduated from DI school, because that was another one of those, you know, I don't know if I can do this. This is, this is just crazy. And But, you know, you just keep your nose to the grindstone, and you, you keep working, and so those are two days that just – Stand out in my mind. Nice. Great day. I like mm-hmm. that first day one. Oh. I would try to steal that, but I'm actually going to flip it and say my last day in the Marine Corps. <laughs> and it's not because I necessarily wanted to get out, right. but you could look back. And for me, it was on 12 years of all the memories mm-hmm. and all the friendships, knowing you gave it what you had with a mm-hmm. smile, right? Mm-hmm. And that cherished time that I was able to be part of. And had I not had that last day, I wouldn't have had a first day at NASA. You know, Ooh, I, good. Uh, 
because I said at my retirement, I, I retired uh, up at Lejeune Hall up here, and I said specifically that it's <coughs> so the reward is not in the end. <coughs> the reward is the journey that you take to get there. <coughs> this, this is just a culmination. So mm -hmm. everything that you've done, every single Marine that you've touched, <coughs> that you've mentored, that's the reward right there. And it's the journey itself. It's not It's not that last day when I'm like, mm -hmm. man, you see the back of my car. It's, <laughs> right. Right. it's, right. it's, like, it's like one chapter closed, another chapter opened, mm -hmm. but they were all necessary chapters. Right. Yes. Huge sense of accomplishment, too, mm -hmm. I'm sure, yeah. when you completed your career as well. Vic, have you got anything else? No, this has been so great. I mean, I sit here and just nerd out on like <laughs> everything but i mean as far as like you guys being so generous with your time like i really appreciate you coming in this has Absolutely. been really great um you know th because th i mean uh i think we sort of dabbled on it but i mean it's not like things just stop it's not like after a mission nasa's like <laughs> Nailed it! Yeah. You know, like, no, you already have ten more in the yeah, pipe. Like, like, oh, we launched this day. Oh, well, in twelve oh. hours we're launching from the other coast. Yeah, it's like, um, yay! Oh, right, we're flying the work, people. Right. Flying the helicopter on Mars in a couple weeks. Yeah, there you go. Well, and, and actually, what is next? What's coming up next for both of you? What's My next on the radar. Big literally? ticket for me: uh, SpaceX Crew Six launch. Um, it'll be end of February. Um, so we have that. We have Nicole Mann's return um, from Space Station beginning of March. Okay. Kind of dependent on the Crew 6 launch. Yeah. So we'll right, see how right. they shake out. Um, those are really my two biggest ones that I have on the radar. And I'm trying to think science-wise. Last year was a big year for science. I think our science has slowed down a little bit this year because um, most of the spacecraft have to travel to where they're going, and that, that takes some time. Um, but, oh, the Boeing. The Boeing. Um, Launch will be coming up, so we'll finally, I think, um, be seeing humans ride on the Boeing spacecraft, which has been a long time and mm -hmm. yes. a lot of hiccups and a lot of troubles and lessons learned there. Um, gravity, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard gravity sucks. I mean, I wouldn't know any different, but it definitely um, pulls. <laughs> it's heavy. Well, yeah. and the Artemis two crew announcement—that one, crew. you know, the next generation of explorers to go to the moon will be announced this spring. That's well, exciting. I mean, there are lots of reasons to get you guys back yeah. on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is anytime. stuff. Yeah, this would be cool. Absolutely, anytime. Great. Well, th thank you both so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And thank you. Uh, thank looking you. forward to seeing what's, what's coming in. Looking forward to having you back. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, thank, you. So thank much. you. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Scuttlebutt is a production of the Marine Corps Association. I am William Truding. But you've also heard the voices or contributions of Vic Rubel, USMC retired, Nancy Lichman, or Ty Frazier. The opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect the official stance of the Marine Corps, DOD, or Marine Corps Association. <laughs>